Offensive line, new look for the Golden Bears. Going back to college offense. Coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback for the Golden Bears and radio color analyst. Today, we are talking about the offensive line for the Golden Bears, what to expect coming up. So it's offensive line part two, because last time we talked about what the offensive line was like under Angus McClure as the offensive line coach, Billy Musgrave as the offensive coordinator. And so now the Bears are going back to a college-style offense. And so let's talk about that for a second. One of the things about college football that I truly love, why I love it so much more than the NFL, is college football is where coaches experiment. It's, it's like a laboratory for football. And so you get so many fun offenses. And in in college football is where you could have the air raid be born. And it's the place where Chip Kelly can kind of try things out and give you new schemes and zone read options and all that stuff. It starts in college football, and some of it starts in high school football for that matter. But creating leverage mismatches, creating stretches on people in the college game is something that college coaches do all the time. And so I love that part. Anytime I see a new play, new concept, new scheme that creates a different stretch or a unique stretch or something fun to watch, whereas a former quarterback, I go, oh, that's kind of cool. That's what I love about college football. I rarely see that in the NFL. You will see... Some stuff happened there. Andy Reid's really good at it where they'll do some stuff in the passing game and they'll do every now and then they'll come up with a different wrinkle, try to be fun. But quite honestly, they are trying to find the mismatch and trying to run it in the NFL. In college football, they are trying to spread you, work you, find stretches uh, and find leverage on you. And it's pretty cool, the different coaches that do it around the country. This year, Jake Spavital coming back. Uh, we've seen him before. We understand that he runs kind of an offshoot of the air raid system, but it's more the Noel Mazzoni type where uh, they are going to spread you quick motions, move you, throw screens off of run plays, off of that, you know, that we've seen in his offense. And it's been very effective. It creates a ton of leverage. It creates a ton of stretches on you where you are putting one guy in a bind and making him make a decision, and he can't be right. It's RPOs. It's run game screen passes. It's swing passes off of run game. It's all kinds of cool stuff that you can utilize off of a limited playbook. And that's going to be the biggest key and the biggest change from the offense under Billy Musgrave to the offense under Jake Spavital. And that is the playbook is so much slimmer now. As you go through the old playbook, when Billy was here, it was an NFL playbook. And so they had, I can't tell you how many different run schemes. And then off of those run schemes, how many different run checks based on alignment, assignment. And you always have to have run checks in based on what you have. And so they'll have calls in the new offense under Spavadol and under Mike Bless, the offensive line coach, uh, where guys will be communicating up there for blocking assignments. But the offense is also built because they're calling it the line of scrimmage once coaches know what they're going to see, once they understand what defense is going to, is going to be run against the offense. So they check into the right play. So that's a huge difference. Going at the line of scrimmage, I coordinate an offense like that myself, and I know that once you get at the line of scrimmage, get that defense locked in, it makes your options so much cleaner. And so execution should be better. 
Another thing that you're going to see this year from the offensive line is that they are not going to put so much pressure on the tackles. So many times last year, they would go back, drop back, pass, and leave tackles isolated. I talked about it in my last podcast where they would leave tackles on an island. And that's just, in this day and age in college football, where the edge guys, especially in the Pac-12, are so good at rushing the passer, it's, it's really an impossible task for an offensive tackle to handle one of those guys consistently on a one-on-one basis. You can get away with it every now and then, but you can't get away with it all the time. And you can't be running double moves all the time. And, and you can't expose those big guys because offensive tackles are like corners, right? They're expected to be able to handle it one-on-one and lock it down. But as soon as you start shattering their confidence, then their game goes down too. And so Cal didn't have a lot of great, didn't have big starting tackles, right? The true big-time tackle that you think about. They had guys that were more of a guard body type, uh, Sessions was a transfer in, and he was, he, you know, coming in from an FCS school, kind of trying to get used to the Pac-12 pace. And so they had some dudes that that weren't quite there yet at that position. Hopefully, a year in the offseason, a year in the weight room, a year getting bigger, stronger, faster, and a new system are going to help our tackles out. That said, RPOs. You're going to see a ton of RPOs this year and a ton of options uh, that the defensive line has to read, that has to slow down for just a second. And the offense can be quick because there's not a ton of depth to the playbook. There are plays, base plays, and then plays off of those base plays, and then reads off of those base plays. And so you may get the same look for three different results as a defense from, from the offensive side of the ball, and that's tough to play that. Again, you're trying to create the leverage, create – some kind of stretch on the defense, and you only have to stretch one guy and make him be wrong no matter what he does. So we're going to take a look at a couple of different plays. Just one thing, you know, as we talk about Mike Blesch and his resume, uh, he coached offensive line all the way through his career, except for 2022, where he coached quarterbacks. He was an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks. And so being a coordinator is a huge deal for an offensive line coach to be able to understand the offense in full, passes downfield, the whole nine yards. And now he's going to be the run game coordinator as well. But then I can't wait to ask him about coaching quarterbacks uh, and how he liked it. I, as a quarterback playing professionally for 11 years, had a couple of guys who didn't play the position coaching me. And it was always fun trying to get communication right at first. And so interested in hearing about his experience as a quarterback coach as well. Former guard from the University of Houston um, and has had some really good offenses, some really good performers. And his offensive line looks really, really fast. They get off the ball. I think the best way that I could put it, they're physical. They get off the ball. They're decisive. And so they're quick to it. A huge piece of that is because of the limited depth of the playbook. And I'm, I'm not saying they don't have enough to call to get them in the right you know, position. Mike Leach in the air raid had about 35 plays that they'd go into a game. That's enough. That's plenty. And so I think this system is going to be similar and that they're going to have six or eight runs going into a game based on what they're seeing, maybe less than that. If they like a couple matchups, you're going to see the classic kind of empty set counter GT. And we'll talk about that. I'll show you on film. GT means guard and tackle both pull. You're going to see a true counter look from them as well. Or I should say the new counter look, uh, the way they run it now, 
where guard and H or Y, you know, tight end type, the, the wingback type are pulling to lead as well. And so you're going to see that out of them. You'll see a little bit of power. I think just from watching film, I can't tell you exactly what they're going to install. But from watching film, you're going to see some power. So gap scheme runs. I love gap scheme runs because it makes your team physical. You're not waiting and reading, stepping and seeing who's there. You got dudes who are clearing a gap and moving people off the ball, working to the second level. And I think that gives you a mentality and a toughness to your team. So I love gap scheme runs. I especially like them out of spread sets. So it's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be good for this offensive line. I think the RPO game is going to help the tackles in a big way. The stretch game, where it's not just RPOs, it's screens, it's swings, it's all those things, bubbles off of run action as well. So it's going to slow that defensive line down a little bit. But it's going to help out the quarterback. You're going to have a new running style quarterback who's also going to be part of this stretch. Um, and you're going to have a new scheme. It's going to be fun to watch. Let's hit the film. I've talked enough, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. So here we go. This is just going to be a standard counter. And I love the misdirection they use. Usually, if you're going to run counter, you're going to have an H-back or a tight end type, this guy, down close to the box. In this case, they use him in motion and bring him across. And so what you're going to see is the defense has to react to that. As he comes across in motion, they're going to shift and bump down. So you're going to move backers, and you're going to get some leverage because both these guys have now moved down and got bad angles on the play. And so, run it back just a second here. Good. So now, you're going to see counter. And we talked about it. Standard counter, the way that teams are running it nowadays, you're going to see a down block. These guys are going to work him, and the, this is the gap they're trying to clear. They're going to blow him out of the hole and work to the backside. Okay? Center is going to down block or back block to the nose guard who's on his right shoulder. The guard is going to pull, and we'll talk about his job in a second. Backside tackle is going to take man over and keep him out of the play. So now this guard, as he pulls, he's going to read that defensive end. If a defensive end gets up the field, he would kick him. So he would clear that out, and then the tight end or the H-back who's in motion here is going to come and read that guard's block. If the guard kicks, the tight end would lead or the H-back, if the guard logs or loops and locks down the end guy, in this case, that's what he does because this end squeezes, then the H is going to come and wrap and takes the take the next thing. In this case, UTEP is running on defense what you call a gap exchange. So the defensive end is working down to the next gap. He's going to surf this or squeeze it. And so as this guard comes around, he comes around and logs it, but watch how physical he is. He is just about to come off the rails with his pad level because he's being so physical, and he delivers a blow and turns this defensive end's shoulders, which is really nice. Then this H-back, or tight end, when he comes around, he kicks this backer who's in that gap exchange and creates a nice seam for the running back to clear through. So this is well executed. It's executed fast. And this is one of the signatures as I looked at film of Mike Blesh's offensive lines of how they played. Boom, guard hits, tight end kicks, running back gets a seam. And it's really nice. We'll watch it one more time from the sideline here. And then I'll show you the end zone view, which is always cleaner. If you're looking at offensive line, the pit cam is where you want to watch. So from the beginning, H-back motion, 
Everybody bumps. As they bump, offensive line gets leverage. Good snap time. Guard gets leverage low, turns shoulders. H kicks. Back leads up through. Great play. That is demoralizing for a defense when you can gash them on a gap run scheme like that. Now let's watch from the end zone here. We'll get to the point where we already got in motion. So you're going to see motion. Everybody bumps. As everybody's bumping, everybody's still moving this way. They snap it. So I like the snap. Down block here. Double team here. Working back to backside backer. So let's do this without all this extra pink here. Double team here on the guy who is in the three technique, meaning outside shoulder of the guard, double, work off to backside backer, block back, tackle, takes the defensive end. This guard is going to pull, and he is going to take first threat. If the defensive end were to get upfield, he would kick him. In this case, defensive end squeezes, so as the right guard pulls, he gets great leverage, low pad level, and hits that outside shoulder and turns that defensive end shoulders. UTEP is doing what's called a gap exchange. This guy squeezes. He takes the outside gap from that backer position. So as the H-back comes around now, he is going to kick that outside backer, which leaves a nice running lane for the QB. QB can also run an RPO off this, which adds just a whole nother level of funkiness for a defense. But watch it in slow motion here. Right guard, great pull. Boom, turns a guy's shoulders. H kicks, locks that backer, and the back finds a nice seam. We'll want to watch it one time full speed, and then we'll move on to the next play. Again, did I mention I love gap scheme runs? Because they're physical. They're all about toughness up front and moving a dude out of the hole. So they move the three technique, kick the backer. Good assignment. They react with speed, and that's how you run the football in a gap scheme. The next play is a gap scheme, I believe. Uh, it's what I would call a wham. And generally speaking, on a wham play, you used to wham the nose guard because they're not used to being trapped like that. But you can also wham a linebacker. It's just a trap play. You're setting up who you want to trap. Some teams I've seen online are calling this an inside zone ISO. Either way, it turns into a gap scheme because you get a double team up front, a kick out on the end, and a lead through with a tight end or H back. When you're trapping with your H, that's when you call it a wham. So I'm going to call this a wham. It's the way that I learned it. Football terminology is interchangeable depending on what coaching staff you're with. So they may call it something different. But this is a wham block from the way I learned it back in 1992 in the NFL with the Bucks, And it's been a wham for me ever since. You're just whamming the backer instead of the nose guard. And I think it's because UTEP runs a ton of pressure. The backers step up hard. They come through to the backfield. And so it's a really nice play design. If that guy's going to give you his head or give you his hat as he steps through the line of scrimmage, you can trap him and kick him, and it clears space. Let's take a look. Now, here's your alignment. You have trips to the field, H-back, tight end type, right here. This is what I'm calling a wham. Again, it could be an inside zone with a ISO, meaning an isolation block with this guy 
on this guy. Um, and there's a couple of different, three or four different looks that you can run right out of this one. I'll talk about them all real quick here. So you could run a straight front side zone or outside zone where your back is going to come here. Everybody goes this way. So defense has to be aware to honor that. You could run a split zone. And so in a split zone, you would get blocking. Everybody be zone blocking to the guy outside their gap. Probably get a double team here, work to there. Get a double here, working to this backer. And back would run and read. In split zone, he would work back kick that defensive end, and now if the whole defensive line over-pursues, running back would cut back. And so it's a nice answer if teams are over-pursuing, getting more hats on your inside zone. So it's a split zone. You could also run that same split zone look where everybody is blocking that front side look, tight end coming back, but then tight end spills and releases. Quarterback gives the fake, reads that defensive end as the option, so that makes this an RPO. If this guy squeezes, quarterback can keep. If uh, the guy squeezes down and they react up to quarterback, now you could have this in the flat for the pass as well. So it's a triple option off of that look, so that split zone look. In this case, even cooler, another option, and I like it because it's a wham, again, physical. It's, it's a gap scheme run to me. So backside A here or strong side A actually, because trips would give you strength to the field. But you are going to get a double team right here. These guys are going to push, move that nose guard, get him out of that gap, and then they're going to work to the backside backer. You're going to get guard cutting off the defensive tackle, tackle cutting off a defensive end, tackle on this side, working defensive end. And so what that leaves is that inside backer and the H-back is going to lead up and through. And so whether you call this inside zone ISO or you call this a wham, in which case I would call it a wham on the backer, it is a nice block. You clear a gap. You trap this guy with that wham block. And you get a big gap, or excuse me, big seam in this uh, case, which the tailback hits. You see them checking at the line of scrimmage. Again, that just gives the offense the advantage. And so if you're not doing this in college football, you don't understand the mechanics of it. You're not working the mechanics of it. I think it's a mistake. You need to be at the line of scrimmage so your offensive coordinator can make the call. There you see it. You know what the defense is giving you. They're locked in. Wham. Lock that linebacker. Kick him out of the hole. Nice block. And again, demoralizing for a defense. Let's take a look at it from the end zone here. Boom. You've got it set. Coordinator sees it. You make the check because you got the alignment you want. You've got a two-eye technique right here, meaning two is on the inside shoulder of the guard, eye inside. You could, some people just call it a two. A two would be heads up to me. But again, football terminology varies. So two-eye here. These guys are going to double here, work to backer. Defensive end is going to get blocked here. I'm going to seal here, seal on the outside with that tackle. H is going to come through and get that backer. You've got a hat for a hat. He doesn't see it coming. And like I said, UTEP likes to fill. So as this guy gets downhill and there's green grass, he gets trapped. You ear hole him, kick him out, and it leaves a nice seam for the running back. You can watch it all in slow-mo here. 
And look at the physicality. Boom. Rack a guy's head. Knock him out of the hole. I like it. And I really like their right guard. He's a pretty physical dude. Like, he's, he's going, and he's going to hit you, and he's going to move you at North Texas. So, good football player. Gets his hands inside, gets leverage, gets position. They got some dudes up front, so that's good coaching, moving people off the ball. Aggressive in terms of the run scheme. I love gap scheme runs. There is some, some zone stuff as well, uh, but a lot of gap stuff, and I like that. And so as I talked about, gap scheme runs are awesome. They move people. It's physical. It's a mindset. You'll have a run game that is paired with that. It's going to give you some other options. It's going to make defense, you know, put stretches on defenses that are tough to defend. Put guys in a bind when you make them apex players or trying to play two for one. Oftentimes guys who are in the box have to be both run players and pass players. And if you're that guy, you're going to be in trouble versus this offense. It's been incredibly effective. There's also uh, a lot of quarterback run game stuff, too, that's going to be fun to watch. I don't want to put everything on film and talk about it here on a podcast, uh, but a couple of plays that you are going to see, they're prominent throughout North Texas game film, so I figure with Mike Blesh as the run game coordinator, people are going to scout his film at North Texas. They're going to see these plays. But I thought you'd like to see them, too, so you see what to expect for the Bears next year. But a lot of really cool stuff coming up. I'm interested in watching it just as a quarterback, play caller, offensive coordinator. Uh, I love seeing this stuff, and so I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, I'm looking forward to the offensive line this year. Different abilities up front and not making tackles play like NFL tackles. Let's play some college football here and get after it and stretch guys and do some different stuff. I I loved it. When Billy was signed, so when Bill Musgrave was signed, I thought it was going to be a great hire here, get the fullbacks in, block, all of that. But the game has kind of moved to another phase now. And so offenses, the way that you run plays, the way that you work defenses, the way that you have to mitigate pass rush has changed. And so Justin Wilcox has done a nice job bringing in guys who run college-style offenses here, uh, who call it that way. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like this year in the fall. Appreciate you guys watching, as always. Appreciate my Golden Bears. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. Go Bears. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.